Welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast, Minor League Field with Major League Discussion. Here are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of the Double A Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's going on, man? Not much, man. You know, it's been warm. Had to get a pool like you because my wife wanted to take a dip. Because unfortunately, so Saturday when we were about to go to my parents' house, okay, the pool exploded. What? It, what do you mean exploded? We think the bottom um, tracks that keep the pool together rusted finally. And when little Kev and big Kev were just swimming around, they heard a big pop and then the back railing just is up in the air. Wow. So they had to drain the pool. We got to go in and take the cool off. But the pool's... 30 plus, I think, years old. We got it when I was like yeah. three or four, and it was used then. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty, pr- lasted pretty long. So, so <laughs> still got to get a new pool. So, so you guys, so you got a little one like us, huh? She just wants something to dip in, relax I, in the back. I hope you didn't pay, I hope you got it for like $25 at yeah, Walmart. We did. Well, I saw somebody on Facebook Marketplace selling them things for like 160 bucks. Like, uh, get out of here, dude. Dude, the flip game is strong. Now I'm just Facebook Marketplace, they Amazon, eBay. It's crazy. People want it, especially when they can't. Pools can't be open yet unless you're got for swimming purposes, not for recreation use. Oh, so even at so at the hotels and stuff too. We cannot open unless okay. you have big enough to do laps in. I was just asking somebody about this today. Okay. Yeah, um the old hotel I used to work at, they posted on their Facebook like the pool is open, but they took um the pool noodles and make lines like you would in a Olympic swimming pool so you can do laps in. Nice. That's the only way you can use it. Okay. Right now. All right. Well, let's get into some baseball talk this week. All right, first thing first, uh, we talked about last week about racism. Well, this is not the first person we've heard about it, but Tory Hunter came out um, last week as a guest on Boston um, We Radio with details about the racism being said to him as a player in Boston. Right. I mean, he said he was called the N-word quite often, and, um, I mean, he said it was pretty hard up there. Yeah, and he said, this is my experience. So when people say, oh, that's not true, give me proof, whenever that's stupid, that's just stupid because you've got the proof people have been saying it forever just we're not listening yeah and i'm and i'm pretty sure that tory hunter's not gonna lie about this kind of thing and he also came out and said this is the reason why he had put boston as a uh, team he doesn't want to get traded yeah. to with no trade clause because of that very reason out apparently, of all the teams apparently in his all his career his contracts he made sure there's a no trade clause to boston exactly of all teams and i wonder if any team ever wondered why if he ever had to give the ex- you know, explain or I'm sure they have. I'm Especially sure if I wonder if Boston ever called their like to try to trade from like, oh sorry, is a no trade list. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Well, I think even Boston, uh, the Red Sox actually came out with a statement, didn't they? Yes, they did. So we figured they'd come out with something, and they did. And this is Red Sox statement about the uh, racial slurs at Fenway. So it says Tory Hunter experience is real. If you doubt him because you've never heard it yourself, take it from us. It happens. Last year, there were seven reported incidents at Fenway where fans used racial slurs. Those are just the ones we know about. And not only players, it happens to our dedicated black employees who works on on game days. Their uniforms may be different, but their voices and experience are important. We are grateful for everyone who has spoken up to remain committed to using our platforms to amplify our voices who are calling out injustice. There, uh, there are well-established consequences for fans who use racial slurs, hate speeches in our venue, and we n- know we have more work to do. The small group of fans does not represent who we are, but are rather a reflection of larger systematic issues that as an organization we need to address. True change starts with within, and as identify how we can do better, please know that we are listening, we hear you, and we believe you. Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that that happens there, though, because, you know, they the, one of the, their favorite players ever is Big Poppy. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy of color, and you would assume that they'd be throwing a slander at him all day long if that was the case. But they, I, 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 if I'm mistaken, they seem to love Poppy. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, that's it's definitely eye opening. Um, I'm not. I'm sure it's not the first time, and I'm absolutely sure it won't be the last time this happens either. Oh no! But uh, Tory Hunter makes a good point. I mean, it's tough to play in a, in a spot where you can't even relax, or you know, you're gonna have people yelling it all day long. It's not crazy. Yeah, because a lot of people back in 2017 with Adam Jones said the thing that he, you know Steph said, and he was even peanuts thrown at him. Mm-hmm. People kind of brushed it off, like, oh, it's a 
division rival. He's just coming up with stuff. Now, Toy Hunter wasn't division rival majority of his career. Right. So this is not the first one. So you're like adding stuff up. And I believe Toy Hunter said it was people of all ages, kids to yeah. the grandparents. Like it's everyone. Like that's the one thing he said he couldn't believe. Like when he heard the kids do it, like and parents, the parents just, didn't, just sat there and didn't exactly, say nothing. They didn't correct him. Like, yeah. This is what we talked about last week, how you're raised and brought up. This is the reason. If you were taught, no, don't do that, and you must be around people who say that. So it's just sad. Um, glad Boston has been getting better every years. And like I said, it's not everyone, but those bad apples need to be punished. And they stick out, and they stick out too. Yes. I mean, if the players, that's what they remember is yeah. what, what takes place at your ballpark. Yeah. So, okay. Well, next subject... We have round three of MLB versus MLBPA. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, huh? So, um, God, what was it? Been so back and forth, I can't keep track of the numbers anymore. <laughs> right? Um, on Monday, we had a new deal. We talked about last week how they released um, PA, sent a deal. They got turned out automatically. So we were waiting for MLB's next offer, and it finally came in. At a 76 game season with 75 guaranteed prorated pay. Right. And um, and what I also heard about that is that there's more incentive if your team makes the playoffs to yes. get more pay. Yeah. But with that being said, if your team does not make the playoffs, it doesn't sound like a good deal. Yeah. And the players don't like this. So I'm I just have to assume that the owners don't want to play ball this year. Yeah. Well, last night in the draft, our commissioner did say that there will be baseball this year. He didn't say major league baseball. He just said baseball. <laughs> so that came up Monday. Day later, MLBPA put their their little plan together, and they sent it to MLB. And it's getting closer to what some people have said. Their negotiations are getting closer. But until there's a deal done, like right now, the tentative date for the MLBPA's start of the season now is now July 10th. They missed a big gap in the where July 4th come in opening day. Big, big games. July 4th weekend. Yeah. Big That's not TV a good look numbers. For, not a good look. Now, what's July 10th? Oh. July 10th is nothing. July 4th was the date you needed to hit. They're not going to hit that. And at this rate, we're going into the end of the week. Next week is the 15th. I don't see the 10th as an option. There's no way they're going to agree A 10th like would that. be an option if it gets done tomorrow. It's not. Friday. It's not getting done tomorrow. So let's go over to what the PA offered. Okay. The biggest thing that still got to me, of course, they want their full prorated pay was the expansion to 16 teams in the playoffs. 16 teams so in the playoffs. So eight teams each side. I'm like, oh, so not the little wild card, wild card. Are we doing a full eight teams bracket style to windle itself down? I don't know. Um, I would assume not because there's a, the eighth team that makes the playoffs, they're not going to want to see them beat the number one team right away. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're gonna, if the Dodgers or somebody like that lose to an eight seed, that's not going to be good ball. Nobody's going to want to watch a World Series with like the Orioles or the Tigers in it or something like that. It's, it shouldn't be there. Yeah. So let's break down the, this timeline of what these offers. So, you okay. know, May 26th, MLB proposed the A2 game season with the sliding scale rate. The 31st, MLB proposed a 114-game season with full pro-rate salary. June 1st, M- MLB, the willingness to pay pro-rate salaries, but for a 48-54th season was kind of indicated. Even, it's not even good. June 8th, MLB proposed the 76-game season that we just talked about, the 75% pro-rated salary. And then, of course, June 9th, MLBPA, the 89-game season with full pro-rated salary. Okay. So what I'm taking away from what you just said is that the owners don't want to pay – the full pro-rate salary. They're still trying to save money. Right. And the players will not budge on that one item alone. Everything else seems like it's a non-factor. They can get over the coronavirus testing or whatever else might be the case, but they want their pay and they don't want to budge at all. And the owners don't want to come up. Yeah, I think that's why they're expanding the playoffs because there'd be more TV revenue to help make Mm -hmm. up the pay and... For the teams that make the playoffs, which isn't guaranteed for anybody. Yeah. So... The MLBPA would run from July 10th to October 11th, assuring the postseason will not overlap with the NBA Finals, which are scheduled to end October 12th. So pretty much when the NBA Finals will be done, 
that's when baseball pro season would be start. So there's no overlapping TV rights would be there. So okay. everyone could be focused. Um, from what I understood, I mean, I, I didn't really look too deep into that, but I do know that Clint Robinson, uh, he, he was one of the older guys that made the nationals a couple years back. We saw him in AAA here. He tweeted that uh, somebody said that they don't want baseball in October because they said there's going to be nothing but rain delays and rainouts during that time. I don't know where he's getting this information from, but and Clint Robinson also said, where are you getting this information from as well? But that's what somebody along the lines of trying to make an agreement happen we're talking about. There's a possibility with that if you certain areas, but yeah. we usually play October baseball no matter what. Right. So you're more worried about November. I think so. So like I said, if we do get down to a World Series, you have to relocate to the brand new Texas Stadium, which has a retractable roof, if I remember correctly. Which at this point, with all the other Same leagues, thing with Miami, yeah, and with all the other leagues starting to get together, I think this is possible because NBA is going to be playing in Disney or Orlando, and so yep. is the NHL. I mean, I think they're both playing in that kind of thing. Like, I'm not sure, um, but either way, yeah, it can be done. The, everyone else has figured out, came up game plans. Even NFL is now talking with their play association about limiting postseason. I mean, the preseason games down to two instead of four for this season, which is most likely going to start next season, but. The way with the yeah, and I'm okay. It with makes that. a longer training camp before the two games, most likely. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, like for here for us with the Redskins, they're not going to be going to Richmond because they want everyone to do it at their own facility this year. But they're figuring it out. But we get it. They're going to play ball though. We, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the biggest thing. We yeah. want us as baseball fans want to see some ball being played. And right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting there. Everyone has figured it out at this point. Like <laughs> even college football is starting to get their tractions. Like they propose, like schools are starting to have proposals to states about reopening. Like this is getting in line. So what is holding up baseball? Like we said last week, it's peanuts on the dollar. Like who's gonna budge? Like okay, I'm glad the owners come back seventy five percent. So is there a way that and then players are staying firm? Like we we yeah. said at that full parade that they agreed upon. That's where we always said that's where the owners messed and, up. And I and I think yeah, and I think they want to stay put because like you said, next year is a contract year where they have to come together with agreements and they're not trying to get bullied now. They yeah. don't want to set a precedence for that. Definitely not. So and it was weird that, you know, we got a little baseball we were talking about the draft. So it was like <laughs> some excitement, but then it's like But are we, we can do a season. This. Exactly. Yeah, you're not gonna have. The, are we gonna have the story like uh, I don't know a couple years ago when he had the pitcher who pitched in the World Series and in the College World Series? He pitched in both in the same year. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna have any, anything like that because we might not see ba- baseball this. There's season. a possibility that some of these guys who get picked in the first round could be up there this year if we see ball, especially if some of the arms that teams needed, like the Angels' oh, arm. Yeah. Oh yeah, they need a pitcher, and they got this guy in the first round, and they think he's a workhorse ready to go. That's Would right. Not be surprised that they throw him in there. That would be you're right. So that's, think about it. How can this first round or or this this draft in general change the outcome of this season if we see baseball? That would be interesting. Especially short season, gotta go for it. We got this young pitcher. Why not? Yeah. Will they even qualify if they play the whole season? Exactly. As, as a rookie or whatever the case yeah, may the be. Year, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Who knows? Would it be a service year or or who not? Knows what? Exactly. And if you start them out in a, in a minor league system for the first half and then bring them in the second half, you still have a short season. That's not going to count. Yeah, especially they got signed by, I think, was it August 10th this year or something like that? So that's the last date for draftees to be so, signed. So that's what I think. I think if the guy can get signed and we do have baseball played and he plays in the second half, there's nothing to lose. See what you got. This is the year to test it. Yeah, because we don't know if there's going to be a taxi squad, some form of minor league. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, exactly. We don't know because those details haven't been released if, with these game plans, what the minor league plan ish with these younger players. Okay. So we have to wait and see with that. And no time will tell if anyone's going to budge with the numbers and we'll figure it out after that. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, man, it's definitely. All right. Well, since we talked about the draft last week, we're going to recap the first round from last night's MLB draft. Of course, there was 29 picks in the regular first round because, you know, Astros didn't have a pick, which they probably missed out some great talent this year. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I mean, everybody I saw was looking pretty good. Yeah, like except for a couple of picks we'll talk about, like some people got thrown off by it. So first thing first, at number one was the Detroit Tigers. No shocker there. Spencer Torkelson out of Arizona State was drafted. Yeah, yeah, I mean – from what I saw, it is a no-brainer. Uh, everybody probably expected him to go first. Um, you can't you can't lose given the information we have right now. 
the biggest shocker last night was when they announced him as a third baseman. Exactly, because I think he plays first base. Yes, but um, they, a lot of people said he could possibility, but when they announced it, he's third base, they asked the GM, and they're like, well, our scouts all believe that he has potential to play third base. Right, but it's weird that you still pr- pr- present him as that when he's been you know, playing first base. And they asked him afterwards <laughs> on the ESPN when I was watching, and he said he's all for it. He's oh, a yeah. baseball player. He's ready to go, exactly. So it's, you know, the 54 bombs that he's hit in his college career. Will Which def- is nuts. He has some power. Like, so, but we'll see. It's kind of shocking. You know, you think first baseman power, but they're going to try it at third base. Then who knows if he can create that power and be an arm at third base. It'd be a great pick there for Detroit in yeah, a couple years. Yeah, you, they could absolutely use somebody, some excitement, especially since a lot of their players are getting older. They're going to be sooner retiring or, they're, you know, they're not producing yeah. like they used to. It's good to see some young talent is about to get up in here and get a whole new fan base. Oh, yeah. Like, his numbers is just insane, and you know. But we'll see if he can recreate that, if he has a fast track through the minor leagues and might see him in maybe a year or two in Detroit. We'll All see. right. So at number two was the Baltimore Orioles, which – we thought it was a surefire pick. Yeah, and then, it was a little bit of a shocker. Like The one good thing people have said with the Orioles, they can definitely keep secrets. Yeah. Because everyone thought, you know, Austin, um, was it Miller? No. Yeah, Austin Martin was definitely surefire. Out of, out of Vanderbilt. Was the number two pick. Everyone's like, okay, this is going to be easy. And then... And, and they didn't go with him. But which no. is funny, though, because wasn't the first pick... They claimed it was a third baseman, but the sec- the guy who went second, or I'm sorry, the guy from Vanderbilt ended is up going fifth, is a third baseman. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So the Orioles select Heston, it's like Kajirstan, <laughs> outfielder from Arkansas. So in our pick that we talked about last week, he was the number ten prospect, right? Which is still not crazy that they picked him in the, t- in the you know second overall. This is a guy they liked. They went and got him. He's a top ten pick. They don't have another pick for a while. You yeah, know, you, you go know, get the guy you want. Yeah, it was just, it was like you said, like everyone was shocked, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of me. I was like, because, you know, I figured either if they didn't go with Austin, they would go with AC Lacey, the top pitching prospect. So I put A there on my list, right? Yeah. See which one name I was writing. And I was like, and then they said Heston. I was like, oh, <laughs> let me write this down different. Well, I mean, I, I get it. They like the power guy. They like the guy who can slug. Clearly. And he's a, and he's a power hitter. Clearly, yeah. I mean, you, you see that's the MO. only big difference between him and Austin was power, right? Heston definitely has a little more power. So, if that's what they were going for, that's definitely what they went for. So, you know, against his pit, pitching, he batted 343 in the three years in SEC competition at Arkansas. So, you know, it's pretty good. You know, he could be the first college outfielder off the board. So, we'll see about that. All right. So at number three was the Marlins. So everyone thought, you know, those two top guys would go first, and then AC, the top pitcher, would go next. Well, Marlins did another kind of off-track beat. They took Max Meyer out of Minnesota, which, if I remember correctly on our list, he was like the number nine prospect, if I remember correctly. So, you know, he was, I think, the top right-handed pitcher, if I remember correctly, on my list. Let's see. (laughs) I was like, I had... Da, 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 da. Max Meyer? Yep. Okay, he's the number 11 on the list we had out of Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, whenever you're throwing a ball in the triple digits, you're going to get looks. And it's no surprise that he's going this early because that's where baseball seems to be going, a bunch of power throwers. Um, and they, if, if, <laughs> it's just, it just it makes sense to me. If yeah. You, they need a pitcher. Yeah, they did. They, they, I thought they were going to go with AC, but they didn't. They went with him. Only thing I laughed about you, I text you. I'm like, well, I hope you find some ice rings around yeah. Miami because he's the <laughs> other hockey player. That's Wait. the only thing people – he didn't throw much during hockey season. Yeah. So – Maybe get his workout in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. I was like – I was like, man, I was like, you know, good luck finding some ice down in Miami. But, you know, congratulations to him. So – I'm sure they know what they're doing. I mean, Derek Jeter, he's not he's not no fool. He, he's He's definitely got eyes on people. And a lot of people just wondering, like – was shocked that he passed upon Austin being a short shorts out there based on all uh, yeah. life. Like, wow, Jared Jeter passed on him. Like, but they might have another prospect they think they can get later rounds that they like. I don't maybe. know. Like they need pitching. They definitely need a guy down there. So they got their hopefully guy they're thinking. So at number four, we had the Royals. 
So we just talked about him. Asa Lacy fell to him, and they definitely picked up that top left-handed pitcher right. from Texas. Right. When you expect him to be taken off the board already, and he's still sitting there, you got to go with him. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a guy they wanted the whole time, but, I mean, it definitely they makes sense. They got lucky because last year they got arguably the number one prospect in Bobby Wintner Jr. They definitely got a nice bat from him, so he's coming through the ranks. And now you pretty much got the one of the best pitchers in this year's draft fall to you at number four. You exactly. You for nothing better. Yeah, I mean, you're being compared to Aroldis Chapman, and uh, they really like his mechanics. So, I mean, there's a lot of plus on this guy's side. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, his – he can improve his regard. He has weaponry that you know, a frontline starter, the one-two guy. Um, you can see definitely like Chris Sale, Patrick Corbin kind of guy in him. You know, he struck out 46 batters in 24 innings this season before it got stopped. So he definitely had that uptake. That's why everyone thought he would be that surefire first pitcher off the board because he saw, he saw that progression in him. Right. Season stopped. Yep. That's the thing with this draft we talked about. Exactly. We don't know like – what they were going to be coming because especially they hot at bats and then it's like but season some over. of these guys though man that were drafted they were showing the stats before the season got canceled this season and they were absolutely crushing it yes I mean I couldn't believe it one guy I, I don't remember who it was but one of the guys taken in the top ten I think uh, he was a high schooler I believe and his he only had eleven at bats and out of those eleven at bats he had two home runs mm-hmm. and he was just absolutely killing it I was like this is good yeah. good stuff uh, like I think high school was going to be the is the weirdest part. Yeah, drives we drafted because you didn't have a season like um, the guy the Mets talk. I watched the um, press conference with him. He said he got to play uh, ten or eleven games before the season got hard course California. They could start a little earlier, mm-hmm. but he had winter ball and stuff. But it's stuff like that. It's like man, if you just got going and season halted, it's unfortunate. Well, at least they hurt the draft stock. No, not much <laughs> on some of these players. So the next was guy we've already talked about, Austin Martin, fell to the lucky Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and it was crazy because his coach was on the, the show most of the night uh, from out of Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean, when they, when they finally said his name, he just had his, his uh, head in his hands and his lap. He was just so proud to be picked. Yeah, you know, he's the, the very top order hitter. He's pretty much been the um, leadoff hitter in Vanderbilt the last couple of years. Great defender, like – you couldn't ask for more. It doesn't have a lot of power, but the power could come. But still, just think about that Blue Jays team in a couple of years. What could be with him when he come up? You have um, Vlad Jr., you know, Bo Bichette, um, Bichette, like all of them going to be in that infield. It's going to be stacked once he comes up. Exactly. And and like you said, he's a hitter. Yeah. This guy led the SEC in batting average at 392 and on base percentage at 486. And he led the uh, – the SEC and runs. So we know the kid can play. Uh, I mean, in Toronto, that sounds like a good fit to me. Um, they're going to be contenders. They're always trying to get better. He's going to be nothing but great addition to this team so they can compete with the Yankees in the in the Tampa Bay. And this could be a not surprise if we see them this year, if there's a season. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of people, especially we don't know what the veteran guys are going to do. Are they going to even play? If they don't play, this is an absolute opportunity for this guy to get up there and show what he's got. Yeah. Like, you know, you didn't get the chance because, you know, Vanderbilt's always in the College World Series. They went last year, and this year, no season. So he's fresh, ready to go, most likely. Who knows? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some some uh, games anyways. Oh, yeah. You'll, they're going to see something. I wouldn't surprise me. So next is the, Marlin, the Mariners at number six. They finally got themselves a nice pitcher. Uh, Emerson Hancock, right-hand pitcher from Georgia. You know, he has that – he does not have the lacy top-end potential, but he's one of the most solid pitchers in the games, which a lot of people thought he could be a, the number one pick early on last year, but, you know, who knows what the season would have been for his stat, but still going number six. Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of <laughs> at all. No, so – you know, this is, if I remember correctly, this is the guy that has the um, 90s fastball, but his change up in slider is what definitely what's been giving him the punch-out power. So, you know, Mariners do definitely need a pitcher. Yeah, They absolutely. just lost King Felix. So yep. they, and Justin Dunn, that which they got from the Mets in the, um, the trade a couple of years ago, has slowly been coming up. So he'll most likely be up there this season if there is a season. So this guy will be definitely right there with him in the starting rotation. Okay. Next at number seven, we have the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they take Nick Gonzalez, second baseman at New Mexico State. Very, very lot of power guy. 
Yeah, I saw them showing the stats of him uh, when he got drafted, and everything was looking pretty good to me. I was like, yeah, he looks like a no-brainer. Uh, kid looks like he can play. And I'm pretty sure if this is the guy I'm thinking of, he was freaking huge, man. There was, they, they was like, he got like a football player out there. So the only thing a lot of people are like, you know, afraid of because the thin air in New Mexico oh, plays yeah. numbers. But when you put up numbers, you know, and plus a weaker conference, so maybe he didn't see the greatest pitching, but still batting a 448. <laughs> Slash line th- through 12 home runs, um, 11 more walks than strikeouts in 16 games this past season before the season got cut. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get looks. That, that's a great stat line. That's, I mean, that's, that's, like, that's like video game stats, man. Especially for a second baseman, and then Pirates need that kind of guy to go with Josh Bell. Yeah, if they're going to keep him around, they absolutely do. Yeah, so, you know, um, great gold glove potential. He's single-hitting second baseman who isn't a threat to run or win. A gold glove. So he's definitely a contact hitter, but you're going to need that. Especially yeah. if you have Bell to kind of knock you in. So next is at number eight. So this year is the first year that a high school player went so late in the first round. Okay. The previous year's record was number seven, which was Clayton Kershaw. Huh. It was the latest first high schooler to be drafted. Well, this year at number eight, Padres selected Robert Hessel, outfielder from Independence High School in Pennsylvania which a lot of people had this guy's circle. Yeah. Him or the other um, high schooler, um, Zach Veen, as either one of them being the top high school draftee, and Robert was the first selected. All right. Well, we know about the guy. Um, Well-regarded. He was committed to Vanderbilt before the draft. That's right. Um, Legit prospect as a pitcher and outfielder. Elevators favor him as the plate where he employs – a pleasing left-handed swing that some believes even produce above-average power. He has some backers in the industry who thinks he could be the, become the best hitter in this year's class. Yeah, man, and I told like I told you when I when this guy got drafted, I, I texted Allen. And I was like, man, I feel bad for the Vanderbilt coach because he's sitting here on on air looking at all these guys, watching and, his top and watching go, his players and get drafted. Commits. Right, so he's losing commitments, but I, I figure. You know, he's probably used to it by now, just like Duke. I know Coach K used to playing with guys for one year, and that's it. And he still gets the job done. So even though he's losing a great player, he's still going to have great players coming to his program. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't feel too bad. He should feel he should probably feel better that he has guys who are committed to his school and are getting drafted. So that yeah. should attract other guys as oh, well. Yeah, definitely. But like, I mean, I just felt bad because like uh, his the best guy on his team gets drafted in the number five, and then he gets a commit getting drafted right after, not far after. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, where's my team going? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everyone had, like, this guy's stocks climbing last year. Unfortunately, who knows if this season played what he could have been. He could have been top five. Oh, yeah. He could have been the first outfielder taking. We don't know because there's no season. Mm-hmm. That weird year. But he still went top 10 to the Padres, and Padres might have got himself a very stellar outfielder in a couple of years. All right. So next we have the Rockies, which we said uh, is our other top high schooler outfielder, Zach Veen, out of Florida, um, Spruce Creek. Um, this is the guy who says he has potential. He um, That swagger where he believes that he can be like Yellich and Harper, like MVP – yeah, swag. yeah. I mean, he's he's a great player. He comes out of a high school. Uh, he's also six foot four and one ninety. Uh, let this guy get a couple of years in the system, building himself up, and he who knows, we might be looking at another Aaron Judge. I don't know. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, he's a big kid who can play ball. Definitely. Um, he was, uh, I think, supposed to go to the University of Florida, if I remember correctly. But you know, you get drafted in the top 10, you're definitely most likely going to play. Well, yeah. I mean, like we said, last time we spoke about this guy, we really liked him because, uh, like you said, he has he confidence. Five-tool uh, player. Yeah, and he says he wants to be the MVP. He wants to be in the spotlight. So, you know, the guy, he's. I think he does well under pressure, and that's the kind of mentality you're going to need to make it in this next level. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in the, you know, the under-18 teams. He was all on these big teams and one did good in these tournaments, so he definitely has potential, has the player, and the he definitely he definitely puts in the work. Yeah, and that's what it takes. So we'll see if um, the Rockies might have got a steal there at number nine. All right, so next at number ten we have the Angels out of Anaheim picking Reed Detmeyer's. Oh, Detmeyer's, I said it all wrong. Detmers, I believe. Yeah, out of Louisville, <laughs> left-handed pitcher. Well, you know, like you said. Uh, this guy, he's got a last year in 2019 had an ERA of 278. He had 18 games started and 13 wins. That's pretty good in my book. 
Um, the thing is, is it, he's a lefty, which is great. It wasn't the left-handed pitcher I was thinking about, yeah. but this guy's still a beast. Yeah, and he, like we said, with starting this year, he had a 1.23 ERA, struck out 19 in the nine um, innings. He was averaging before, of course, season halted. Right, that's pretty good. So definitely uptick. He Louisville, you know, definitely playoff experience. So it won't be surprising me if this guy – if the Angels need him, see playing time this year with the Angels. Because mm-hmm. that's the one thing with losing, um, forgot what pitcher the Angels lost to Tommy John this year. So they've been looking, trying to figure out that who's going to be that pitcher. They might have just drafted him. They might have. I mean, yeah, absolutely. If they need another guy on the mound and it's a short season, this is the perfect time to give the kid a chance. I mean, I know you're throwing him right into the den with the Sharks, but hey, we'll see if the guy can handle it. They said he has a knee-buckling curveball that is definitely up there with the MLB pitchers. So if he has the potential, you know, the – Low 90s fastball, but that mid-70s velocity and that curveball, that could throw some pitches off. Yeah, that could be a great combination. I mean, when you're seeing a 70-mile-an-hour ball come at you, 90 looks pretty fast. Yeah. So they took that guy at number 10. At number 11, took your guy, the White Sox. Yeah, so the White Sox, apparently, uh, they drafted Garrett Crochet, left-handed pitcher out of Tennessee. And what I like about this guy is not only is he left-handed, the kid can touch 100. Mm-hmm. He flirts with triple digits and is out of pitch. His slider uh, should be should he fail to rotate, he'll probably make a mighty fine setup man, definitely in a couple of years. But I, it's the um, with White Sox, they have all these young pit hitters. Well, they have all these young pitchers, possibly like you know, yeah, that kind of should be coming back this year. So they just add this guy. So we don't know if this guy's going to be a starter, a future bullpen guy. We. Like people are torn on him. Is he gonna be like maybe a three, four, five guy, or is he gonna be a, a perfect setup guy? I don't know. I, I I haven't seen him pitch much, but if if I had to guess, I would like to see the guy as a starter. I, think I mean, he's try it out. He's six six. Yeah, he's six six and a lefty. He's like a Randy Johnson guy. He's throwing a hundred miles an hour and has high spin rate. It sounds like a combination for winning to me. If he is gonna be a guy who's gonna be short innings. I say you need to teach this guy how to be the closer because he's going to be intimidating. He's going to throw heat, and he's lefty. I don't want to waste him on three pitch on three batters. Yeah, he's only like started thirteen games, but he's played in thirty six because he's been out of the bullpen, right? Probably because when they needed him and stuff. But he has that flexibility, like so he could be where he's a inning eater or a short term, you know, or a quick, you know, we need you to start kind of guy. Or I would he love to be see that back start. in guy. So. We'll see them nicely throw him out there as a starter and see how he progresses through the minors. If he flourishes, then what is White Sox going to do with all these arms eventually? Well, the, the, that's, a good, that's a good problem <laughs> to have. I'd rather have too much talent to worry about to do than not to have enough talent to worry where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the kid. I hope he has good, uh, good outings. We'll see what happens. 100-mile-an-hour thrower, heater. Yeah. We'll see it. So... The next guy at number 12, the Cincinnati Reds picked Austin Hendricks, outfielder um, from high school. I believe, if I remember correctly, this is out of Pennsylvania too, maybe? I can't remember exactly. Um, If I remember correctly, I don't think he was our first player that wasn't on the list. Okay. If I think correctly, if I remember, um, he most notable baseball All right, number 13, Austin Hendricks. Okay, yeah. Out of West Allegheny, Pennsylvania. Yes. Okay. So it wasn't him I was thinking about. Um, well, I mean, he won the home run derby in the 2019 yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Under Armour All-American home run derby. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it was just kind of a shocking, um, which a lot of teams figured they needed to go not what is needed is best available with the shortened draft because they have a, right now four outfielders. And they're like, who's going to be the third? Who's the odd man out? So you draft an outfielder first round, but he could possibly be the best available. Draft him, and he could be a trade chip later, or who knows? Maybe they convert him to something else, or they lose an outfielder. You never know. Right. And, um, I mean, like you said, they got an outfielder, but this guy is supposed to be the best hitter in this year's high school draft class. There's a strong possibility a lot of people believe. So, you know performance he's against the typical cold weather state bias but not every team has a stomach for his swing and miss that's the only thing a lot of people said they don't like about him he swings and misses a lot so so what you're saying is a guy has a lot of power but he also strikes out a lot kind of sounds like a mark reynolds kind of guy so i hope reds (laughs) can maybe develop him to you know bat discipline in the minors since he is at high school so he's not not gonna be fast tracked 
to Cincinnati, definitely don't need them in a couple of years because they're pretty locked up for outfitters for a couple of years. So, okay, that's fine. The next pick, number thirteen, is what a lot of people also got shocked was the the San Francisco Giants picked Patrick Bailey, catcher from North Carolina State. They took a catcher in their top pick last year mm-hmm. to most likely, you know, replace Buster Posley. But then now back to back years, you took another catcher. Hmm. Well, how tall is a kid? I'm wondering, are are one of these catches going to get uh, turned into a first baseman or something? I would have to say they would have to because um, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to take back to back catchers because if they're both good enough to go in the first round, then they're not most likely not going to be sitting back up their career. He has a high floor and his evergreen demand for catchers, you know, maybe they just want to, just in case one doesn't work out, they have one, or maybe they or both, they work, both out. work out and they either convert one to a first baseman outfielder or they trade him. Yeah. It, you know, he, he did struck out nearly a quarter of his play appearance this season through 17 games. He's another one of those guys who, I'd, with. I'd be surprised to see what the catcher they drafted last year did in the minor leagues. We might have to look at that later. Yeah. <laughs> So then next, we have number 14, the Texas Rangers took Justin Flosey, second baseman, third baseman out of Mississippi State. You know, he isn't going to win many foot races, but he can handle himself at the plate. Through, he proven to be much hitting a 297 with 19 home runs and 10 more walks than strikeouts. So he's been working on his defense, but his track record making contact, commanding the zone, and posing a above average ex- exit philosophy should attract teams with a good development staff. So I think Texas is solid. Okay. Um, next, at number 15, the Philadelphia Phillies took the first high schooler pitcher okay. in the draft. Mick Abel, right-handed pitcher at a um, Jesuit High School. Well, now, I mean, I'm saying if you're a pitcher getting drafted in the first round out of high school, you got to have some skills. Especially being your season wiped out from this pandemic. So you They're don't going know. off your junior season. Yes. Exactly. Um, based on the past, you know, looks, he has a chance to be a high ceiling kind of starter. He has a tall, lean frame that sought out from muscle grain over the coming years. Good athletic can repeat on delivery, his command and control. Um, his lively fastball can bump up to the upper 90s. Right, and I think this guy got a lot of stock advantage because uh, since his school was closed down, uh, he's been throwing with the Orioles minor leaguer, right? If This is the guy from Oregon, right? Yes. Yes, yes. This is the guy who said he has a lot of special command and movement that he couldn't believe this is coming from a high school pitcher. And that's coming from the catcher, Adley Rutschman, who was last year's number Orioles one pick. Number, number one pick. See? So, if the no, yeah, exactly. If this guy's hyping him up, the kid must have some stuff. Yeah, if he's seen something special already, you know, um, he is a great catcher. He's been through college, you know, and now he's with the he's been with the Orioles for a season. So right, and he and, saw something in this kid. Yeah, and Adley said that you rarely see an arm this good, and he also said that his repertoire is electric and smooth. So those are those are absolutely um, traits that you want your pitcher to have. And if the catcher's saying that, and the number one pick catcher saying that, oh, yeah. then yes, keep an eye on that guy. Definitely. Uh, next, number 16, I love this pick with the Cubs. Yeah. They picked their hometown guy, Ed Howard, from Mount Carmel, Carmel High School at a, right outside Chicago. Exactly. I like it too, man. Uh, they, they picked a guy from the home crowd, and, and he's from the high school, so it's great because you know he's still young, and he doesn't have to go that far from home to play ball with, with the team that drafted him. And, and that's not the only crazy stat, right? No. Like, you know, um, the Cubs GM did tell him, like, I'll see you in the draft in a couple years after the <laughs> Little League World Series. And sure enough, what we got five years later? Yeah. Drafted. Look at that. Look at that. That is amazing. That's a great story. Good for TV. Uh, I don't think his team won the World Series, the Little League World Series. Though. No, they're the one that was in that. You know, they lost the overall World Series, but they won the American League. But they're the ones who got in trouble uh, with having possible the um, out of district players, and they got everything stripped from them. Well, see, look, that's an even better story because it starts out with the drama, how your team made it, but then you got disqualified, and then you became a number one draft pick later on. Didn't give up. I like the story. That he, the hope for him, he definitely can um, fill out his power and his, his six his six foot two foot um, frame, but he has everything there. Like he's definitely lives in Chicago, so he's definitely used to the cold weather. So he already knows what to expect. I hope he wasn't couple. a White Sox fan. 
That's why I joked about because you know how <laughs> this team visited Obama in the White House. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess maybe Obama's going to have to watch some Cub games now. They might have to. So we'll definitely get to keep some eye on him. This is a great story, especially if he makes it up there and becomes a star. Yeah, like, if he it, stays with the team, yeah. stays in the organization, that'd be pretty cool. All right, this next pick with the Red Sox is the, the controversial pick of the first round. Okay, so what's so controversial about this one? This guy wasn't a top 50 prospect a lot of people had. Like, And this is the first pick out of the new regime with the Red Sox. Okay. New president, you know, new GM, everyone. The Pretty much the Tampa Bay Rays guys that went up to the Red Sox, this is their first pick. Okay. Well, we know Rays find these studs. So oh, yeah. is this guy a stud that no one knows about? But So Nick Yorkie, shortstop at a high school, there's not much about him. Not, people are like, who's this guy? Hey, well, exactly. But this is why I like it because, like you said, these guys know their stuff. So they're not going to pick a guy in the first round that they don't have confidence in. And if this guy's a high schooler, not a lot of high schoolers get a lot of looks, especially if you don't get into – you know, programs where you're in a private school playing other private schools and get those kind of looks. If this guy has the stuff, man, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be one of those picks that you, you need to look out for, for so, sure. Yeah, he's a small hit over power middle infielder. With he was committed to Arizona. It's to be determined if he can stick at shortstop or doesn't appear to have the power to acquire to stand out either at second or third base. So his defensive home could determine if he's more than a bitch bench style bat. That's okay. what a lot of people think right now. Look. A lot of people think a lot of things about high schoolers. I think one of the one of the guys we've already talked about. I don't remember which one, but some somebody in the first round wasn't even draft or didn't even get a, a scholarship out of high school. They had to walk on to the place where they played. I think it was a guy from Arizona. Or no, the guy from New Mexico. Um, right. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is he didn't even get a scholarship. He was a walk on, and now he's a first round pick. This guy's a high schooler, which you don't you already don't get a lot of looks at in high school. And for them to pick you in the first round, I think he's going to develop into something that we're going to be talking about for years to come. Had to be. If this if if he does develop into something, then you know this is when like we talked about the Mets looking for a GM. We wanted the guy who the Red Sox became president of chief operations. Yeah. He was the the loser in the Mets job. I wanted him because you think of Tampa Bay Rays, they find these people in the draft right, they and find, stuff. They find these diamonds in the rough. And you know what? I'm not completely sold on everybody's rankings of all these guys, one through 100 yeah, or whatever, because early. baseball has so many players that you have so many unknowns. Look at how many guys are coming out of high school. Like You really you really don't know at that age. The biggest thing you think about like, is DeGrom was drafted in the ninth round. Right. He was a 2A player. No one knew what he did. Look at him. Best pitcher in baseball right now. Exactly. I mean, what I also like to think about is like people like uh, Michael Jordan, for example. He was even cut in his high school team at one time. Think about it. These guys are coming straight out of high school. If they, you know what I'm saying, it, you just don't know. Uh, and like I said, there's been plenty of number one picks that have not panned out. Period. So I think I think they did a great thing. They found a guy they really like, and they went and got him. They have to. That's like what him, I'm saying. So. I like it. All right. So next at number 18, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks. They drafted. Bryce Jarvis, right-handed pitcher from Duke. All right. You know, I like Duke. Duke's, Duke's been up and coming in their baseball and football programs. So, so this is the guy we talked about last week who threw a perfect game, first one in Duke's history. Um, he broken some of the Marcus Stroman records. Stroman loves this guy. And if he's broken Stroman record, we know what Stroman is in the major leagues. So I think Diamondbacks have a definitely a solid pitcher late in the first, not late in the first round, but mid first mid first round. round. But and it's still and it's still not bad regardless of how you look at it because think about it, you got a pitcher and he did these great things and he's not in a weak conference either. He's in the ACC. Yeah, I mean they play teams like UVA, who's always usually ranked number one or two, top ten. Louisville, exactly. They play great teams. UNC, these are all good baseball teams. Duke is on the map and they got a guy who's really good here. So yeah. I like this pick. You know he has a mid nineties fastball, but his draft is. Everyone believes he has the best changeup in this year's draft. So he has that. He does have a slider that's he's working. So he's three legit options. So Diamondbacks, you know, Duke, definitely seen him two to three years in the major leagues. Wouldn't surprise me. So next at number 19 is our New York Mets. Oh, yeah. We picked this kid, Pete Crow Armstrong. Outfielder from Harvard, Westlake, California. And we know this high school because three first-round picks, Jack Flaherty, Luke Giolito, and Max Fred. But he's not a pitcher. He's an outfielder and arguably one of the best defensive outfielders in this year's draft. Yeah, sorry, Twins. You guys blew it. We picked him up instead of you. <laughs> and I say that to the Twins because his mom apparently was st- a star in uh, um, Little Big League. Little Big League. <laughs> was the, the mother of, you know, 
of the main character. And it's funny, like, of course, she was next to him when he got announced. And, you know, it was, God, I think the movie was probably almost what? I think it came out like the mid nineties, didn't it? So he was born in two thousand two. So you know, oh wow. So almost yeah, he was about eight years before he was born. But you know, it's funny that your mom wasn't as very good. You know, and he said he loves the movies. And I don't, he said I'd love, I love it, the even movie. My mom wouldn't be in it, but you know, it's just a bonus factor. So you know, this a lot of he makes great defensive um, catches. I watched some of those highlights. He and we're seeing where a lot of people go rob home runs. He has that talent that ups. So, and a lot of, you know, scouts and stuff believe that he could play center field in the major leagues right now just because of his defense. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I like his attitude too, man. And he was so grateful to be drafted by the Mets and he can't wait to get there and get started. Uh, he even tweeted uh, saying that, you know, he feels great and he, mm-hmm. he couldn't have done it without his friends and family. Um, and let's, let's fucking go Mets. Yeah. And then this is another Vanderbilt commitment that they lost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like, unfortunately Vanderbilt, but you know, it's a good thing if you have a top 20 draft pick when you're commit. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm excited to see him develop in our system and yeah. the Mets system, see what he's we, got. We need a, a true center fielder. We can maybe see him a couple of years. We'll, you know, we'll see what we can bring to us. If he's defensive is there, I'd love to see him. Absolutely. So next at number 20, we have the Brewers selecting Garrett Mitchell, outfielder ucla this guy fell yeah possibly how did he right fall? he was like the sixth i think prospect and and no one knows why he fell and maybe then it's gonna make him even more hungrier I mean, sometimes it happens yeah so you know yeah he's one of the fastest runner in the class he should have been no problem um remaining in center where he's played most of his college career um the former first round pick matt mclaren who moved the shortstop this season but other elements of his game are less certain. He's kind of um, anger frame. Scouts d- dream about. He puts on better BP in his game powers. Um, he has about 15 triples, you know, compared to six home runs. But, you know, the only, I think, maybe why, he is a diabetic. Okay. I think a lot of people were kind of, I think, a little worried about that maybe. I think maybe that's why he fell a little bit. All right, well, regardless if he fell or not, he was ranked the top six. Uh, so I'm assuming they got – I'm going to say they got a good pick. Good spot, good pickup. Uh, Should have yeah. gone earlier. So the only thing, you know, with Brewers, they're probably going to – like, look, I'm a top ten talent. I fell to you. What's my bonus money going to be like? Mm. I think that's where that's going to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. So next at number 21, we have the St. Louis Cardinals selecting Jordan Walker, third baseman at a decanter high school. You know, he was a Duke commit. So, like I said, Duke's on the map, man. He's viewed as a tougher sign than his peers. He is a signal to teams that he's turning pro. He should be a top prep corner infielder off the board. He's listed at 6'5", which would tie him with Chris Bryant, the tallest third baseman in the majors. That's pretty tall for a hot corner. Yeah. I was thinking 6'5", maybe an outfielder, first baseman, but third that is, base. That's a tall guy at third base. You, I, I guess he has a lot of range, man, and he can get down there and get it. Um, that's pretty tall. Yeah, he said he believes he can you know, play third and hit the middle of the order. It could pop him. Middle of the order, huh? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Great confidence. So, you know, Cardinals might have found him a nice little third base. We'll, like, we'll see. Yeah. These high school guys, we never know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's too them. early. They're so young. Exactly. Like, you're if taking they, a chance. So right now, what I'm understanding is these these high school guys have super raw talent. They, you know, they're they're like, hey, we got the talent. They think they can do it, so they're going to give them the test and see if they can. Uh, but that's not saying that all these guys are going to sign. Uh, I mean, I know that they got drafted, but you, I would assume that if in the first round you're going to go sign. I mean, I can't imagine a situation you would think where you're mostly, not. I think if if you believe you're a top ten talent for that bonus money. You might try, to, but then you think you got to wait what three years, if I remember correctly, if you don't sign mm. at a high school. So, well, yeah, we'll see. Especially, but you know, he said he's predicted to go pro, so he knew. So, yeah, he's he's probably along for the journey. He's he's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'll go to Duke if I don't get drafted in, out not in the first round. <laughs> so, next at number twenty-two, we have the defending World Series champion Washington Nationals. They selected another pitcher to possibly. Maybe replace Kirsch or uh, uh, Max, Max Scherzer, Scherzer, maybe eventually. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. Clave um, Cavelli, right hand pitcher from Oklahoma. He's a two way player, but most likely he will be used for his pitcher until he said he wants to hit until someone tells him to sit down, which will be uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, if the Nationals drafted you as a pitcher, guess what, buddy? You're pitching. 
Yeah, um, he walked five batters in his 23 innings before the season got ended, but yeah, you know, his Cape Cod League, you know, his fastball can run into the mid to upper 90s, and he has a very qualified slider, so okay, they might have got a nice pitch. So. Well, you know what? I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I mean, the Nationals have been drafting pretty good players for a while now. I, I, I've, I know I've told you this before. I like the Nationals drafting. I like everybody they pick. They got the Rendon, uh, Turner, Bryce Harper, Strasburg. They're doing it. They're doing it good. I like it. So if they have faith in this guy, you you can expect to see him pretty soon. Yeah. So the next one at number twenty three is the Cleveland Indians. We have Carson Tucker, shortstop at a high school. Another high he school. is the younger brother of Cole Tucker. Ah, yes. Who is the infielder with the Pittsburgh Pirates? Ah, and also, if I'm not mistaken, his older brother tweeted a while ago saying that uh, his brother's going to be taken in the first round. And five years later, or however many years later, it actually yeah. happened. So um, he has a broad base of styles, enough arm strength and speed to stick a um, shortstop. He's committed to, to Texas, but you know, most likely, I think he will sign. I do too. I mean, when you get taken in the first round. It's kind of hard to pass up, man. It really is. Yeah, I think so. It, especially, you know, I don't know. Like, I, you want to compete. Texas, you know, but we'll see. Okay. Number 24, we had the always, you know, Diamond in the Rough player finder, the Tampa Bay Rays. They selected a high school pitcher, Nick Bitsko, right-handed pitcher at a Central Bucks East High School. Okay. No pitcher ranked this high on the list has less than on a file than Briscoe does. He reclassified earlier this year from a, from the 2021 draft, putting because this, oh this is the guy who who graduated early, just so to get he drafted? can get drafted a year early. Wow, that's this is who this guy is. Yes, you must be talented. We have a Bryce Harper situation. Yeah. You've got to be talented to drop out of school a year early or finish the year early to get drafted in the first round. Yeah. He's, he has a very physical flame, clean delivery, hot fastball, and curveball that looks through the lens of um, trackmate. He's been convinced to forego his commitment to University of Virginia, meaning uh. whenever a team takes him, he will put the money where his confidence is and pay off in some if the team is right. All right. So the Rays might have Got this guy if he if yes. he was committed UVA a year early and went twenty fourth in the draft. Yeah, he's stud. So you're talking about this kid? What seventeen? Stud. So <laughs> yeah, he's uh yeah he's gonna bring it definitely. All right, next at number twenty five we have the Atlanta Braves selecting left hand pitcher out of Wake Forest, Jared Shustler. Few pitchers in his class improved his stock. As much of he did as over the past year, despite walking nearly five batters per nine. Last year, he walked just nine batters over his last 11 appearances, dating back to the Cape Cod League. So, you know, he has a mid to upper 90s fastball, solid pitcher, and Braves, I feel like, always find pitchers in the draft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what, I, what, what stuck out to me was you said that um, he did walk, uh, what, not five batters per nine, but then he took care of that after the Cape Cod League, and he's been pitching pretty good since. Yeah. That's what I like to see. I like to see his control there. I like to see his pitching get better. Um, I don't like the walks that you mentioned the first time, but after that, yeah, sounds like a pretty solid player. Yeah. So next we have the Oakland Athletics taking Tyler Soderstrom, catcher at a high school of Turlock. Okay. Well, hey, you so, know, <laughs> if you're taking yeah. a high school, like we said before. But this is one of the guys who a lot of people believe, should he stay behind the plate or should he move to first base? He's a strong arm, but his working program in other ways besides the offensive numbers, moving him to another position could free up his at-bat instead of being behind the plate. So we'll have to wait and see with him. Well, it could be like a Bryce Harper situation. They turn him into an outfielder, first baseman, something. Yeah. I like it. I mean, yeah. I like save the save the knees, save the legs. If you think the guy is going to be better playing a different position with his hitting, then do it. Yeah. So next at number 27, we have the Minnesota Twins. They drafted first baseman out of North Carolina, Aaron um, Sabato. As, Sabato. Tor- as Torkelson, he was hard to justify taking a right-handed first baseman early on. Sabato, draft eligible sophomore, has the impressive college career that saw him hit 332 with 25 home runs in 83 games. Yeah, that's pretty solid. So he does he does have the average, but his you know his outside the bat gives him the hit. You know, makes that money. <laughs> Absolutely. So, 
So he definitely punched his ticket to the show, most likely, if he can sign. I'm sure he will. Yeah. And then at number 28, the New York Yankees selected Austin Wells, catcher out of Arizona. Wells' standing is tied to be the team's belief that he can catch. As his bat is doing heavy lifting, he hit 357 with seven home runs and more walks and strikeouts in 71 games with the Wildcats. Well, don't the Yankees have Sanchez? They do. This is interesting. So, and then the funny thing is about this guy, he grew up a Red Sox fan. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. I I bet it's a little weird, but you know. Look, you know what? Look, you know I hate the Phillies, and I'm I'm not a big fan of them, but if I was drafted by the Phillies, I would be a fan. I don't care. If my, if, if, well, if my kid's drafted by the Phillies, I'm still going to be wearing a Mets uniform, but that's not the point. You're going to be a fan of whoever drafts you. He doesn't care. He, yes, he might be a diehard Red Sox fan, but guess what? Time to put up. You got to play the game, right? And they have control for. They took. They took. A, they took a chance on you. You're going to have to give them some props, right? Red Sox pass on you. Exactly. So, exactly. So we'll definitely see what happens with him. You know, he's a great catcher, but you know, arm strength. You know, we'll see if he stays. <laughs> he's Sanchez. a great catcher. Yeah. Is he going to be a catcher? Because if they don't do something with Sanchez, he's going to be there a while. Yeah. And then technically the last pick in the draft at number 27 was the Los Angeles Dodgers. They selected yet another pitcher, Bobby Miller, right-hand pitcher out of Louisville. Okay. Bobby Miller. <clears throat> Miller has a strong, a big, strong frame, he a firm fastball, plenty of mi- uh, miles an hour. He has a pair of average secondaries. What's not to like includes a long, whipped-armed action that robs him of command but could threaten his long-term well, being some believe he could be stuck in the rotation could take him earlier. Well, I think if he has any kind of um, issues with with his mechanics, they're going to fix that in the major leagues. I have faith in that, so that's not an issue to me. Um, and I I never am going to say anything bad about a team who's going to pick a pitcher in the first round because pitching is key. It's, it's hard to find good pitchers, and if you find one that's good, yes, get them now. Yeah. Definitely. Like, you wouldn't... Um, Your team is not going to do good yeah. with a bunch of Oliver Perez's on it. Yeah. You get a bunch of Strasburgs in there, yes. I'm yeah. Like, you have a bunch of studs, so why not? If he doesn't work out as a starter, then yeah, throw him in the bullpen. Exactly. Exactly. If he's good for three innings, he's good for three innings. If he's good for seven, he's good for seven. And if he becomes a closer, there, there, so it be. Right. But if you get a guy who can't hit at this level and do stuff like that, that or whatever, that's not good at all. No. So that was the the full regular first course. There's conversation picks. They've been doing the the well. I would say the rest of the draft, the whole second through fifth round today. So um, the biggest one stand out is our Mets guy. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we picked up a, a guy who uh, had Tommy John prior to us drafting him. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about him two years ago, he was drafted in the first round by the Dodgers. Didn't sign with that school. Unfortunately, got hurt this year, had Tommy John. So, But he's still bringing it at 97 miles an hour. So it's definitely a low-risk, high-reward for the Mets taking him Absolutely. in the second round. And then I think the pick uh, the Mets picked after that was another high schooler. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look, everybody's got these picks. Who knows what's going to happen? And who knows who's all going to be signed? But at the end of the day, it's looking better that we're seeing some kind of action going on in the major leagues. I just got a notification on my phone. It said Cubs drafted a uh, viral flamethrower. Chicago selected the sixth, eighth lefty Luke Little, who's been clocked at throwing 105 miles an hour. Wow! See well, I mean that's out. okay. That's okay. It doesn't it doesn't impress me yet because I remember when I went to a Tides game a couple years back, there was a pitcher there throwing 103, 104, and he couldn't find the strike zone. Yeah. he walked like half the team. I was not impressed. But if this guy has control, now we're talking. Yeah. So. Um, that is it for us this week. We'll see if we get a round four, the MLB versus MLBPA, or someone finally, <laughs> yes. they finally hit a deal. But hopefully, by the time we talk next Ra- week, round four is going to be a knockout TKO. We're going to get a, we're going to, we're going to make it to full twelve rounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so please, if you like what you're hearing, please like, share, and subscribe. Share us to your friends. Um, we'll catch y'all next time. See ya. All right, everyone, thank you for checking out this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. Don't hog the goodness here from AA Sports with your friends. And if you want to take that step further, please click on that Patreon link that's in that YouTube you know, description down there. We do monthly giveaways, gifts from us if you do different tiers. 
and you will get most likely everything we do here at Double Sports a day early, if not more. So please share that with your friends also. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, live on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. Price for y'all, snake eyes on dice for y'all, shoulders on ice for y'all, A6 all the head.